Hey friends, welcome to the first ever episode of Digital Fix, your one-stop shop for everything social media locally. I am your host, Matt Barber, coming to you live from our studio here at the Local 209 offices in Crown Point, Indiana. Joined in studio today by the very well-dressed, very well-known <laughs> Jason Potchin, a.k.a. Jay McFly. Jay, you want to introduce yourself? Hey, uh, it's a pleasure and honor to be here. Uh, as Matt said, my name's Jason Potchin, also known in the hair world as Jay McFly, uh, owner of McFly's Gentleman Shop located at 1190 North Main Street here in Crown Point, Indiana. We have 10 barbers on staff and the only barber shop in the entire state of Indiana that has multiple award-winning barbers on staff. So very proud of that. I did not know you had multiple award-winning barbers. Multiple. So who, uh, who assigns these awards? I'm curious. Is there like a, a, a cutoff? Competition. Well, there's actually uh, there are a ton of uh, just hair competitions that go go on pretty much across across the world, uh, and with me being an, an educator, so I, I I attend a lot of these events. I get booked to go to these events, and a lot of times I'm the judge for these events where they'll uh, they'll have certain haircuts or certain uh, categories that the barbers have to compete in, and there have been a handful of times where I've been a judge where my barbers have been in in the, the battles and I've been the judge and me being the person I am and then just kind of I'm always harder on my team than uh, <laughs> than I am I the 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 barbers that uh, that that competed when I was the judge I was the one that scored them the lowest out of all of the other <laughs> judges which was kind of it's kind of funny because uh, some of the other judges was like how did how how did number number ten not win like his haircut was perfect and I'm thinking like well, I saw three or four things in there that would have done differently <laughs> but but yeah but they have competitions and it'll be uh, in certain categories whether it be like a like you know. Uh, an old school category or a yeah. design category or traditional or whatever and then you you uh you enter these competitions and then yeah they have uh they have a winner you know they'll have like the top five will will win something you'll win tools you win money whatever trophies but uh yeah we have right now i think three or four guys in the shop that have actually won wow awards uh competing so very that's proud of insane that. yeah very proud of that so after you score your guys lowest, do they see your score like does that make monday morning kind of awkward a little bit yeah it gets, <laughs> it gets brought up it gets brought up on a regular basis uh shout out to emilio you know that that was the that was one of the guys that he competed and uh i gave him i was the only one that scored him low and if i wouldn't have scored him low he would have won first and there was like 30 people in his category too wow. and the one he was in so it was a big competition and i was the, i was the one that was hardest on him on Unfortunately, but you know. It, but you're honest. It makes you an honest guy. I'm honest. Yeah, I'm honest. <laughs> so one of the one of the biggest reasons, so where this is a social media focused podcast, um, my background is all in social media, and I know you you have a huge following. But I kind of want to talk a little bit about your following. We'll kind of go through like the entire process of when you started social media through now, where you're you're widely considered one of the top influencers in the barbershop world or in the in the haircutting world. Um, and I'm very very curious how that happened. So I guess. Best best place to start. Just kind of tell us, like, how did you start? Like, when when did you decide you want to cut hair for a living? Oh man, uh, that's a good question. So, <laughs> I was uh, I just turned seventeen when I graduated high school, so I was kind of young. Yeah. And like everyone, you go to college right out of high school, and I did. And I was just doing general studies, going to Purdue, and wasn't even working towards anything. And I had went, I think it was one or two semesters, and then I ended up telling my father that it's like, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Like, I'm not even working towards anything. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just accruing debt right now. That's all I'm doing. And somewhere along the line, I had 
started just randomly cutting friends' hair. Uh, we had found clippers at one of my friends' house. I think it was the summer after I graduated high school. And I cut their hair, and I didn't do it well. I mean, I was I was messing them up pretty bad. Sure. But I enjoyed doing it, and I think since I was so nice, my friends didn't want to tell me no. So they would let me just, <laughs> just fuck their hair up. Uh, so it, it was it, it was cool. It was cool to, that I enjoyed doing that. So uh, my dad, he had told me, it's like, well, you, you, you like cutting your friend's hair. Why don't you why don't you go to barber school? Because then that, that's a good trade to have. And then if and when you decide you want to do something else, instead of getting you know a job at McDonald's or, or whatever, you know, not knocking any of those jobs, but uh, <laughs> instead of just getting a job somewhere just to get by while you were in college, you know, you could cut hair. You know, so you could have like, you know, ha- have have a trade job and then go to school as well. Sure. So uh, I went to uh, barber school, and I'm going on 19 years later. And wow. Uh, yeah. That was it. <laughs> End of the story. So, so, so when did when did McFly's become reality? Did you start that right out of school, or did you? Uh... No, no, no. Uh, so yeah, I said this is my 18th year of being a licensed professional, and McFly's will celebrate our six year anniversary in September. Gotcha. So two thirds of my career I spent working in other shops and kind of learning, and uh, and I was kind of. <clears throat> I enjoyed cutting hair, but I still had it in my head. I think my dad helped me out immensely by telling me to go to barber school, but I think he planted that seed of doubt in my head as well because he said, if you decide you want to do something else with your life, then you can do that too. Sure. So I kept thinking that I was going to find something else. So I would cut hair, and I was still kind of kind of searching, you know, just thinking like, oh, maybe there's something else that I need to do. Uh, and I think part of that, too, was that I wasn't in the right situation yet. All the shops I worked at were like, a, it was more of a, uh, a customer-based shop. Sure. So there, there's a big difference in, in, the, in our industry between a customer and a client. You know, customers are people that are loyal to just a particular brand, you know, uh, like McFly's. Like me being the owner of McFly's, I love customers. I love people that love my brand and that want to come there and do business because they know that anyone that's in that shop can go. Sure. But a client is someone that wants Jason, that wants Pharrell, that wants Emilio, that wants whoever, that wants one particular person to cut their hair and they'll follow them to the ends of the earth. So I was working in customer-based shops, so I wasn't developing relationships with anyone. It was just essentially like a, you know, it's almost like an assembly line. Right. Just cut, wash, repeat. You know, just, <laughs> you just keep doing that. Sure, sure. So, We've all had haircuts like that. You yeah. go into uh, unnamed, unnamed shops for the... Uh, the $12 cuts. And- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, so th- that was pretty much the majority of my career. I had worked in shops where it was just, it was just like that. So, uh, the last shop I worked at before decided to opening, uh, before decided to, to venture out and open McFly's was Ransom's Barbershop. And that was in Cherryville, Indiana. And that was the first shop I worked for that was a client-based shop. So it was a shop where Anyone that came to that shop was already essentially belonged to someone that came sure. in. They were looking for a particular person to cut their hair. And so that was a totally new experience for me because I, I had always worked at places where I just show up to work, cut hair from this time to this time, and then go home. And then working there, I saw the difference. Like, I just about starved to death. So this was, I mean, I was maybe 10 years in. So maybe, well, no, I think it was eight years into cutting hair at the time when I started there. So you're already feeling like a veteran. So yeah, I've been cutting hair for a while and I had just had my first son and we, I went there and it was, it was very humbling because I wasn't able to actually, you know, pay my rent. I wasn't able to feed my family. I wasn't able to do anything. Like I had went at one point 
uh, two weeks and I didn't cut any hair. And I still had to pay my booth rent, still had to pay gas to drive there. Wow. Uh, so I had worked, it was about 55 hours a week, so I worked 110 hours and I lost money. Wow. So I, I tell that when I do classes, when I go and speak and talk and whatnot, because I have people that be like, man, it's been a slow week, I only did this and that. You know, I, I only cut this many people and I did that. Like, well, I was eight years into the game and worked 110 hours and I was in the hole. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've, I've been, I've been here, and I've been here. It's gonna be know. a fun conversation with the wife too, with the new yeah. baby. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But I said it was very humbling, you know. And I had, thankfully, I, I had relationships with people in the community where they helped me. You know, they they looked out for me. But uh, it, it it more or less showed me, you know, it, it, it was time to it was sink or swim then, because yeah. if, if I wanted it, you know, I had I had a, I had a son, you know, I had a family now. I had more than just me relying on whether or not I, I cut hair or not. Uh, I had to make it happen. So, sure. so then that was when I kind of started to uh, to venture out and, and, and educate myself and start to uh, use social media and more or less pursue uh, ways to put asses in my chair yeah. because the, the burden was on me then to put to put a butt in my chair. If I didn't have an ass in my chair, I was technically unemployed. So it was up to me uh, whether I wanted to make money or starve to death. So, <laughs> so I did. Yeah. And so McFly's has been open, you said, how many years now? Uh, September 11th will be six years. Wow. Six years. Six years. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Thank that you. Thank is you. amazing. And I just, I found out about you guys probably six months ago. When we were uh, we were working on a video series and we came across you guys. And ever since then, I think the minute I walked in, it's definitely like an aura um, when you walk in there. One of the things that fascinates me the most is each person is their own personal brand in there. Mm -hmm. When you walk in, everyone has such a unique kind of personality and a unique kind of background and that unique story, and they're not afraid to show that. Absolutely. So, um, and that's that's for you too. So it's I've talked about it before. Like you do my hair. Um, mm -hmm. You'll be my barber until hopefully the, the, the day I, uh, I die or get fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but tell me a little bit about like your your personal branding journey. So like you're, we'll, we'll drop some numbers. We know McFly's right now has a huge following on Facebook, mm -hmm. uh, a strong following on Instagram, but you personally have a massive following on Instagram right now. Last check, it was over 30,000, I think is what yeah, it was. Uh, I've just recently started using social media again. I took a little sabbatical for the last year. Sure. Uh, so I was at, before I took my sabbatical, I was close to 40 uh -huh. and I think I might, I might be like, like 37 or 38 right wow. now, somewhere in there. So I've lost some, you know, just from not posting and whatnot, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm a little rusty, but I have to get, get back into it a little bit. But uh, I, I, I think I think I started uh, when I started using social media, uh, where a lot of people in our industry. I'll just speak on my industry, just because that's sure. what I know. Please, uh, I feel like a lot of people they see something that works, and it's monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. So they see someone do one thing, and they're like, "Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna do the same thing." Like, uh, okay. This guy did a good fade here. I'll do a fade. I'll post a picture of a fade. I'll post a picture of a fade. I'll post a picture of a fade. I'll do this, do that. So when I looked, when I started using social media, I've always been the type to be. I don't want to blend in. I want to stand out. You know, I For don't sure. want to be like everyone else because that's boring. You know, we. we I want to be different. So I started to look at at how barbers and stylists use social media, and a lot of them were. It was. It was a picture a sideways picture with their hand in the picture holding the head up just to show how good their fade was <laughs> and like okay that's cool so i decided i was going to start doing videos of of like process of of how to get there with me with me teaching uh i figured i was going to use my social media as a way to uh 
to almost as a way to give back because I would show little tidbits of techniques that I would do from my classes and people could watch that and actually say, I've had people just reach out to me and, and tell me that they've learned from just following me on social media. Like I've had trouble doing, you know, this type of a haircut or this technique and I've watched your video so many times and now I feel more comfortable doing that. So it, it, was, it was a cool way to kind of give back to my, to the hair community uh, by just, being different, you know, sure. I, I, everyone's everyone's real big on uh, you know branding themselves and 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 trying to put butts in their seats. And I was looking as more of a way to help other people put butts in their seats. You know, sure. I was busy already at the time when I really started. Once I started to kind of gain traction uh, with social media, I, I was cutting all the time. So then I was like, well, I've done this, this, and this. I'll pay it forward. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll help other people be able to do this, this, and this, and show them different ways to do this, this, and this. You know, what, what, whatever the case may be, and then it, that's kind of kind of grew from there as far as just, then just kind of showing, uh, showing my team, showing my environment, showing like the personalities in my shop. That became another uh, another thing that was highlighted a lot with social media, and I feel pe people like that. They like to see that someone that owned a business and encouraged their guys to be off the wall and a character and just different and be themselves you know I've had so many people tell me they, they wish they could work in the shop because the shops they work at are stuffy uptight and this this and that and it's yeah. like and we couldn't be further from the further from that you know yeah. it's <laughs> I encourage the guys like literally uh, when we hire people we will tell them like once you get comfortable with with the environment you need to figure out who you are and turn the volume up to 11 sure that's 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 just how we roll that's what works if you're a dickhead be the biggest dickhead you can be. You know, if you're nice, be the nicest guy you can be. If you're funny, be funny. Like, funny is good for us. That's what we do. You sure. Know? Comedy is a big thing in our shop. So uh, if you're funny, like, let's let's go for it. You know, bad jokes, dirty jokes, uh, inappropriate jokes, that's fine. You know, just within reason. You know, if there's kids in there, you know, let's let's lay off the So it's got to be a professional a little yeah, bit. a little bit, a little bit. You know, knock it down to, you know, PG, PG-13. But, but yeah, it, it's... Uh, I don't know. I, 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 feel, I feel like I, I've created a good uh, a good environment for for my team. You know, we, we butt heads at times. You know, guys argue and stuff. But I feel like if you spend as much time as you do together, you're 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 gonna you're gonna have arguments. You're gonna get tired of looking at each other. You're gonna have fights and stuff. Sure. But when it comes down to it, we all have each other's backs. We all love each other. We all worry whether or not the next guy is making money or not. Sure. You know, and that's and that's what it comes down to. I want everyone in my shop to be happy, be prideful that they're there and to make good money. I think one of the most fascinating things for me is is I always did my research. I was looking for a new place to cut hair because I went through kind of, and I feel like I'm on the, the, a journey that a lot of people are on, or I was on this journey where when it comes to a haircut, like it was almost an afterthought, um, not realizing that if you have a bad haircut, it'll ruin you for three days. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you just feel bad for a little bit. But when you start researching on, on social media, all these different barbers and these barbershops and everything, you're right. It's almost themed where you come across and it's all of that. You're right that the the hand pushing the head back to check out the face, check out the back of the neck, check out the front. Like, oh, like, look at the sweet quaff I did for this person. Um, but when I saw when I saw you guys and a few other brands do this really well uh, is I didn't see like the product so much as I saw the personality. Mm -hmm. And so when you see someone's personality, you're so much more willing to purchase from Absolutely. them and so much more willing to deal with them. Like I felt like 
when I called you to set up the haircut, like I already known you for like, like we had already been best friends for like five years, just mm -hmm. from watching your videos online. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's an important lesson that a lot of brands can take away is everyone's so focused on selling, like it's sell, I need to make money, I need to sell, I need to sell. And they're so scared to just let people realize that they're a person, like mm -hmm. it's an actual human, especially in our small business community. A lot of us here in, in Crown Point, Northwest Indiana in particular are very, very connected. Like we all kind of know each other. Like it's it's uh, kind of like a box of hamsters at one point. Like very we all just kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, not the first word I would picked but yes <laughs> I, 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 i've always liked the word. hey yeah. uh so it's it's important to just kind of let people know that you're you're not just a storefront like mm -hmm. it's it's legit people in there and what i loved about your ig when i first came on was it's almost like themes like i noticed one column is tips and it's it's you going out being being kind of like the yoda of the barbershop world it seems like like instead of making people climb a snowy mountain to seek your advice uh you're just like here it's on it's on ig mm -hmm. 7,000 people have already liked this tip and it's a simple tip like be a good person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, be a good person. Actually greet people, you know, like, yeah. it, it, there's a lot of small things like our our industry, I think a lot of just businesses in general, it, it's the formula is easy, but people want to make it difficult. Yeah. Uh, people feel good about doing business with people that they like. And sure. that's what it comes down to. I'm not saying you have to, to be liked by everyone, but you find your target audience and then you tailor yourself to them and you don't waver. Right. You know, we know who we want in our shop. I know exactly who I want in my chair. I'm not going to change who I am to get to please everyone because it's I don't want everyone. I don't want to be everything to everyone. I want to be something to someone. Yeah. So selling yourself by just being real and authentic and genuine that way you don't have to fake you don't have to put a phony smile on you know you greet people you thank them for doing business with you people appreciate stuff like that because you're being real with them and people people can sense bullshit you know you yeah. you, you could tell when you're being sold to or or when you're just putting on a phony smile and just be like oh man it's so good to see you <laughs> like oh yeah that's that's real authentic you know it, you, just just being real with people and authentic with people, I think, goes a long way. And that, I think I feel like that's why McFly's has accrued as large of a following as it has is because we don't get much realer than what we are. I mean, we are who we are. We don't make any excuses for who we are. This is, you know, like us or love us or hate us, you know, you, you, you make your choice. But we're still going to be here tomorrow. And I think that's the first tip that if, if – people are watching right now and people are taking notes it's about time they bust out the notebook and write down to like the algorithms matter like the algorithms are important but you still need to it's more important to be yourself and be yourself consistently absolutely and uh we we notice that as we look at a lot of brands is that they they change who they are and they change who, themselves to adapt but too quick mm -hmm. almost like it's they're trying to just like quickly like run to that next buck absolutely run, run to the next well, they, they get a little resistance I, sure. i've noticed that they, what they'll do is they'll be like okay this is this is our this is our, tar our, our target. This is what we're doing right here. And then, then Susan comes in over here and is like, well, what about this? And they're like, okay, well, we need to go this way because Susan said we should go this way. And right. then John says, well, what about this? So then we go over this way instead of just saying here and be like, Susan, you stay over there. John, you stay over there. We're going to keep doing this. If you want to jump on board, hop on board, get aboard the train. Sure. Go all aboard. But... If you don't if if you don't like the path we're going on, it's cool. There's going to be someone else that you can go to and do business with. Yeah. Uh, th that that's another thing too is I feel like people don't have the balls to say no. Yeah. Say no. I mean, <laughs> businesses say no. If people want you to do something that doesn't fit your character, doesn't fit your brand, doesn't fit what you're trying to do, tell them no. 
Learn the power of no. It doesn't fit for who we are. That's not what we do. That's not what we, what we believe in. I appreciate it, but no. There's sure. a lot of power in that. A lot of power <laughs> in just telling people no. I've, and me being the person I am, I'm, I'm a nice guy. So I, had, yeah. I have a hard time saying no. And that was why me and Varel originally decided to be business partners was because I'm the nice guy. He's the dick. So he said we needed the yin yang thing. He was like, "You're too nice. I can be the asshole to people, and that way we can balance everything out." So now he started to kind of rub off on me, and I've started to rub off on him. So now he's starting to be a little bit nicer and being a little bit more hesitant to be like, "Oh no, no, we don't need to." And then now I'm like, "Hey, get out of here. No, we we don't need that. Like this is who we are. This is this is what we're doing." So I feel like we've kind of complemented each other really well over the years. You know, we've both grown and become more well-rounded people based off of each other's strengths and weaknesses. Right. And I feel like that's that's a skill that takes some time to develop. Just learn to say no. I'm still learning that myself. Absolutely. Even with, with uh, Alan and myself and the team uh, at Local 209 being open uh, officially since technically like January 5th is like what we consider our official start. Mm-hmm. Um, when we really started like hammering the gas is when we were going out there, like we said yes to everything and everything. We spread ourselves so thin and so excited to meet so many people. Mm-hmm. And then you realize like there is power and just saying like, no, I just, I can't do that right mm-hmm. now. Like I just can't. Um, and then you feel kind of kind of good about it. like you still have time to, to administer yourself to your communities. Absolutely. So absolutely. I know I know I can almost hear people in the background screaming uh, they, they when I mentioned like your follower base, um, people are, are going to ask. I'm sure it's in the comments now. But how did you build that? Is there some secret, some trick? Did you do a lot of following and following? Did you buy followers? Like, how did you launch yourself? Uh, it pretty much. Uh, I've never bought followers, uh, but it was mainly. <laughs> uh, it, it all it, it just kind of happened naturally, and I think it was just from the fact that I was doing something different, and then learning when to do stuff. You know, being consistent with your posting. Uh, if you're, you know, you find out who your target audience is, whether you know it's if it's local people or if it's you know nationwide, uh, worldwide. So you need to figure out when people are going to be on social media, when you'll be seen. Uh, figure out the right time to actually post your content and be consistent with what you post. And then be consistent with uh, what you're hashtagging. Uh, hashtags are, you know, it's it, it's a strong thing. Is I've seen a lot of people on social media over the years bash people using hashtags. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. I mean, if you want to bash someone, that'd be like, you know, bashing someone for putting gasoline in their car. You know, like right. I'm gonna go ahead and just sit in this car and not go anywhere. Like that's essentially what you're doing if you're using social media and not hashtagging your work. You're just sitting there. You're not actually putting your content in front of the people that that would actually benefit from seeing your content. Sure. On that on that point, are you a? Uh, some people are a one hashtag person. Some are a five, and then people like me are a thirty. I, I use the the maximum amount. Same. All right. Maximum. <laughs> amount. Uh, you use them all. Uh, do that if, if you. Uh, if you feel like that might annoy people, post your content and then immediately after it, in your comments, post your hashtags. That way, the people that see your your initial content don't necessarily have to see the hashtags. If if you feel like that's could be a hindrance to your brand or what you're doing, but use them, man. Use those hashtags. Uh, find people that are that you admire via social media and doesn't necessarily have to be like in our industry, it doesn't have to be a barber or stylist. It could be 
anyone. You know, it could be anyone that's doing something that you like and study how they how they post. Just study when they post stuff. Study, you know, their locations that they use. I don't that's something else that I've learned over the years not to always just use the same location. Uh, maybe use locations locally, especially if you're trying to put people butts in your seats. Sure. Uh, I'm not going to just do the location as McFly's, I might do it as Local 219. I might do it as anything here on the square because if people are searching on social media and then they see, oh, they see this haircut tagged in with, or video or whatever, tagged in with uh, you know their local coffee shop, then be like, okay, well, what is this? And then they go down the rabbit hole and next thing you know, they're looking down my my feed and they're seeing all of my work. I'm like, this is where I need to go now. Sure. I, need, I need to check this guy out, you know? <laughs> so. That's another trick that you could do. Uh, don't just use your shop or your business's location as when you tag your your uh, your work, your posts, to actually you know use other businesses, local businesses though, stuff that's around you, stuff that 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 would that would be your target audience, people that you could pull in. Make sure you write that down. Always geotag and very very up your geotags. That's an important point, especially if you serve multiple markets. So yes. you guys serve serve all of Northwest Indiana and anyone mm-hmm. that wants to drive and see you, I imagine. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're say a realtor uh, or anyone out on the road that's selling from the road stuff like that, just geotag everywhere because people do cruise those channels. They I do. cruise those channels a lot. Like I'm curious. I live in Portage. I'm mm-hmm. curious what's going on in Portage, mm-hmm. uh, especially if it's just kind of like a lonely Saturday afternoon. I'm like, there's got to be something cool going going on around here or in Crown Point or in Valpo or mm-hmm. something. And we vary our lives based off of that. Absolutely. <laughs> it's true. It's 100% true. So take us through a, uh, a typical day. You post a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're posting now that you're, you're back from your sabbatical. You're posting a lot. Take us through a typical day, not just posting, but just, just in the life of Jay. Uh, uh, alarm goes off anywhere between 536 in the morning. Get up. My cat is underneath my feet, and I'm almost murdering him. Walking <laughs> to the bathroom, <laughs> he he wants he wants to be fed. He waits for my alarm to go off. Feed him. Uh, get all my stuff ready. Go to the gym. Uh, that, that's something that's become a, a big part of my life. I'm uh, wanting to uh, to do a bodybuilding competition. Uh, I've spoke with that uh, with you before. Mm-hmm. That's something that's become a passion of mine, uh, which. It's, it's been great the, the last year and a half. I've really changed just who I am with that. So, you know, getting up bright and early, uh, making time for myself to go train, uh, get that in, uh, work on myself. That's kind of like my gives you know clears my head too. Uh, I feel like I'm a, a little bit like we discussed earlier. Like I got one of the hardest parts of my day done. You know, yeah. uh, getting up and going and actually training and, and, and kicking your own ass that early in the morning. It's is, hard. It's tough. You know, yeah. it's tough. And if you do that, the rest of the day is easy. So I get that in, come home, do the family thing, uh, eat, and then you know use social media. I, I, a lot of times I'll I'll maybe do some social media stuff, just tracking me, you know, going to the gym because I've had a lot of people that have said that that's it's encouraged them to uh, to you know, to get off their ass and like man he's up, you know he's up and going. He has a business, he has three kids, a wife, uh, and he's still up and going to the gym. I can get up. Pro and go to the tip: gym too. Check out his uh, deadlifting posts. Yes. The deadlifting posts are pretty motivational. Yes. You 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 feel good about yourself watching the deadlifting posts. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Those, anyway, are Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite. So yeah, uh, come home, do uh, figure out what social media stuff I'm going to do for the day. Whether it's you know McFly's based, whether it's uh, Jason Pachin based, uh, whether it's educational, uh, whatever it is, do some sort of social media content. So I, I run all of McFly's social media, and then I have like personal social media, and then you know Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. So sometimes that can be hard. 
to do all of that because I want to post different content for everything mm-hmm. and not just you know you know one blanket thing all the way across because then like what's the point of following all these channels when it's all the same exactly same stuff so so that can be trying so I will say that like uh, once you start to grow and and you have more stuff it can it can be hard it can be hard to you know make sure that you're posting different content but figure it out you know, <laughs> uh, you'll figure it out so so yeah do that. And I'm usually in the shop anywhere from 11 to 12 and then cut hair nonstop until uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, whatever it is. Go home, eat dinner, go to sleep, wake up and do it all over again the next day. <laughs> um, do you, are you big into posting? I see every once in a while like content will come through while you're at, while you're at McFly's or whatever. Is that just something that in between clients, like it's, it's a priority or when you're there, like how do you, how do you juggle the priorities? Are you assigning that to someone else? To post while you're there and cutting, or do you do it yourself? It, I I used to uh, I would have one of my lower tiered barbers, and I say that lovingly. I, I mean that more of guys that are just lower on the totem pole and aren't as busy. Uh, if I'm doing something that I feel like would be beneficial, like hey, come over here, record this for me. All right, I got sure. you, Jay. Uh, <laughs> now a lot of my guys are busy, so it can be hard to film stuff. So sometimes I'll just literally will stop what I'm doing and just maybe even just if the guys are doing something dumb in the shop or talking about doing a foot race or uh, you know wanting to try a skateboard trick or a ninja kick or a nunchuck demonstration, you know, I'll just stop it and just record it just to document this is the shit that happens in between haircuts. Uh, Emilio's about to do a spin kick on a dummy. Like, I mean, for absolutely no reason. So I just just want people to see it, you know? Like, this, this is just what we do. So it... it Kind of live in the moment sometimes, you know, uh, you just, when something happens, when you see something cool that happens, just document it, you know, or you see something that's about to happen, or if the guys, we, 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 we like to do a lot of gentleman bets at the shop on completely irrelevant stuff, so sometimes the bets will get kind of high, you know, <laughs> could be for, uh, you know, 50, 100, 150, $200, whatever, just on dumb stuff and be like, okay, if we're going to bet on this, let me record this. I want to, <laughs> I want to get the, the, the reactions, you know, I want that natural reaction. Cause I want to share that with people. I want people to see. I feel like we need to do that more often. The local two and nine office likes to make some bets. Uh, I have earned a nickname in the office of Mr. Third place. Oh, uh, <laughs> all right. I, I have yet to win. I won one bet once against Alan and it was about the song, the sound of silence, but, uh, I, I'll hold that moment until the day I yeah, die. You should. You should. The day I actually beat Alan in a bet. That's one of about 150 since we've opened the office. All right. So, feeling, feeling good about life. Yeah, you got you to celebrate your victories, even <laughs> if they're few and far between. One. Exactly. Yeah, you have to. We, uh, there's, later today, there's actually another bet. We got to go. There's there's We like to do photo competitions. We're all kind of like, we all consider ourselves pretty creative guys. And so we do photo uh, competitions of like one day was National Donut Day. So we made our intern wow. run and get a donut and, and who got the best, decide who took the best picture. And uh, I came in third place out of three people with that. Um, nice, nice. They they split first place by man who was asking. Uh, and then today uh, is just a coffee day. We're gonna figure out who could take the best picture of a coffee cup. Okay. And we're gonna feel gonna feel pretty good about it. So okay. yeah, that stuff. Maybe maybe we'll start documenting that. Maybe that's a tip I can take from you yeah. immediately. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely think you should. Again, personality sells. You yeah. Know, people like seeing people being natural, and being real. So yeah. Sure. Um, give us a. Are you using any, any specific tools when you're doing all this, like the posting in the morning, you said you're kind of planning stuff out, you're kind of thinking about it. Are you using, do you use like scheduling on Facebook? Are you a buffer guy, Hootsuite, uh, later? Or are you just kind of like, I got an idea, let's just rock this right now. That's, that's, that's just it, <laughs> that's just it. And if anyone has any tips for me on that to uh, better manage my time, I'm all about that. 
But uh, yeah, a lot of it is, you know, I come up with my game plan. Usually when I'm kind of just getting ready in the morning, getting ready to go to the gym, uh, I'm thinking about like, okay, wh- what what's going on today? What can I post about? What can we talk about? Uh, and just kind of go from there. And then sometimes like if there'll be, sometimes I'll see a picture or something or a story or whatever, and then I'll post it. And then the great thing about uh, Facebook is that you can schedule it to go later on in the right. day. So sometimes I'll be like, okay, I want this to, you know, come out maybe around lunchtime because if people having their lunch, I want them to see this content then. So sometimes I'll do, I'll do that if it's something I feel like would, would hit a better audience, you know, uh, but a lot of times it's just, I see something like, all right, let's, this is around the time that we typically post. We're going to post this now. We're just going to get it there. So. <laughs> sure. Um, who, we, we talked about your influencer. I was looking at my notes. I've been waiting to ask this question. I've been pumped for it. Who's influencing you as an influencer? Oh man. Uh, what's, what's that go-to account where you're every morning you're getting up and you're, when, when you're kicking the cat out and you pick up your phone and you're like, oh, I can't wait to see that person. Man. There's, there's so many, uh, now my, uh, my, my social media is, uh, is a mix between, uh, hair stuff, uh, workout stuff, professional wrestling, uh, lawn care, and that's pretty much it. Like it's, it's the most dead answer I've yeah, ever I know. heard. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, like that's really it. Like, you're, uh, you're, you're like popping up the IG and you're like, man, look at that freshly mowed grass. Yeah. Man, it. I got to get some mulching this weekend. Yeah, that's, that's sad, <laughs> sad, but true. I remember when I first started cutting hair, uh, I was the young guy in the shop and it was all guys like 50s, 60s, 70s in the first shop I worked at. And I remember going home uh, and telling my family if I ever ever get excited about cutting my grass or talk about my grass just put a bullet in my head (laughs) and now 15 years later i'm excited about cutting my grass i look forward to it i watch videos on how to make my grass look better uh it's i'm 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 lame. You got it's, it's it's a weird thing. I think it's around the time like you start turning like late 20s, early 30s. I'm 30, um, halfway halfway through number 30 onto 31. And Alan was talking about that where like as soon as springtime come, came around, he couldn't wait to get the lawnmower out. Like he was pumped about it. Mm-hmm. Like he's like this Sunday, like it's meditative for you. Like mm-hmm. it's just you feel accomplished when the grass is cut. I live in an apartment. Wife and I are, are currently on the, the journey to start our house hunt, uh, paying off debt. But like when I saw him, he's like, I'm cutting grass right now. And I'm like, damn it, that sounds great. Yep. And then I'm like thinking back to like 21 year old me who at that moment in life was probably like waking up from a night of partying mm-hmm. and getting excited to play video games, go to the gym and, and push carts all day. I think I pushed carts in Menards when I was 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and now I'm like, man, like I really, really just want to like plant some hydrangeas today. Oh, <laughs> The priorities, you know, priorities, priorities change. Uh, yeah, that's so. That's I, one one influencer. Lawn care. Are there any any specific influencers you're uh, you're jumping on their train? Uh, none, none in particular. Uh, there, there's a few on YouTube that I watch consistently. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty much just anything really. Just getting tips and tricks on on how to take better care of my lawn. Uh, you know, the bodybuilding stuff, there's so many. Yeah. There's so many that I like. Yeah. Uh, I really like Bradley Martin. I really, really like him. And the reason I like him is I feel like he is essentially a McFly's version of bodybuilding. Yeah, I would I would agree. Yeah. He is he, he's a character. He's not afraid to make himself look foolish. He you know, he he laughs, he has fun. He is different than everyone else and that's why I've been drawn to him. I like I like what he does. I feel like that's uh it's relatable and I, I've, I've learned stuff about about working out and I've learned stuff about connecting you know and being more uh, 
transparent, I sure. guess, is the best way to put it yeah. uh, from, from, from watching him. So he's one that I, I make sure I follow. I watch him all the time. Uh, big fan of him. There's so many people that have been positive influences on me in the, uh, in, in the hair world, and I feel like now the people I get more inspiration from are people that are like the lesser-known people, the guys that are are trying to build their following and are hungry and motivated and selfless. And I like seeing them. I like seeing these people that aren't buying into the fact that they have a large following or that they're sure. sponsored by these major companies or brands or any of that any of that stuff. I like seeing them because I, I'm pulling for them. I want to see them get to where they feel like they need to be. So I like to see them. I like to support them. So like, I've pretty much like I've, I've unfollowed so many people on social media because there was so much clutter and so much negativity and so much of the same old. Put my hand on the head. Let me let me see let me see that fade. Like I don't yeah. I don't care. I <laughs> I have like I, said, I have award winning guys in my shop. If I want to see good fades, all I got to do is just look across the way at Kenny <laughs> or Cam or Keith. Just all I gotta do is just look at them, look at what they're doing, and be like, okay, I can see an award-winning fade right there. I don't need <laughs> sure. to see, I don't need to see some douchebag uh, leaning a guy's head over and showing me how crispy his fade is. Right. I, I can look right across the, the way or, or right next to me at, at Dana or Varel and see them do good work and be motivated and inspired. So I like to see people that are, I don't know, that that are, I guess, like-minded like me, where they're 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 not trying to to fit in. You know, are they're, they're trying to stand out. They're trying to carve their own way. They're 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 giving back. They're they're doing positive things in, in the hair community. They're they're bucking the the, the stereotype because there is a stereotype with stylists and, and barbers, uh, especially barbers. Uh, most people, I feel like now nowadays, like barbering has become cool again. Yeah. But for a while there, most people became barbers just because they couldn't get a real job. They couldn't pass a drug test. They couldn't sh punch a clock. They, you know, they couldn't be there on time. For, you know, working nine to five. Uh, they they couldn't do that stuff. They had a prison record. Any of that type of stuff. They couldn't get a real job. A real job. So they became a barber. So it's nice to see people that are barbers, not because it's the last option. It's because they're passionate about sure. it, and they're using their platform to actually change and show other people like, hey, you don't need to go down that path and get to that last resort to when, okay, now I can cut hair. Why don't you try this out from the get-go because we get to be influencers. You get to do so much. We have so much, I don't wanna say power because that, that makes me, I feel like it makes me sound douchey because <laughs> we don't have power, but, but, but we, have, we have the ability to be uh, positive influences in the community and to do stuff with people you know, I cut 20, 30 people a day, 20, 30 people that come in, I can change their day and make them look at life a little bit differently. They come in there and they've had a shitty day at work or their wife is mad at them or their boyfriend or whoever, and they, they're down. You better believe when they leave, they're gonna feel better, they're gonna look better, they're gonna have a different outlook on life because that is my fucking job. <laughs> my job is to make you feel better than, than when you came in. Well, That's I'm definitely feeling motivated right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I might, might 
follow you back to the shop. <laughs> there you go. Good. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's my job. It's I mean, awesome, though. That's yeah. cool. Um, I think that's that's so important that, it's, that so many people are almost scared to kind of try and take that leadership role. They're like, they're not confident enough with their social that they can take a role in, and attempt to be an influencer and yeah. attempt to, even if you have 100 people, you're still an influencer to 100, 100 people. 100 people are watching, man. And so it's it's getting out there and it's doing those reps. It's getting those reps and getting that work in yeah. and just, just trying to be, and not the, the, the douchey uh, way of being a life coach. One of the things that makes me so mad on social media right now is everyone who's like 21 years old right now has listened to Gary Vaynerchuk, who I actually enjoy listening to once yes. every six months. Yeah. Uh, uh, but everyone tries to like emulate him and suddenly become a life coach and yeah. be be an influencer that way, and it just ends up looking really fake really quick. So yes, yeah. I enjoy the people that just kind of own own who they are, what they're passionate about, um, and then you just naturally want to follow them because you're like, that, I feel great about that. Like yeah. I might not be, I'll never be a barber in my life, aside from my last name actually is Barber, ironically, yeah. but I'll never be anything more than the the title. Um, but like I I feel motivated by watching you because I'm like I want you to succeed, man. Like I want you to hit that 700 pound deadlift, and it's just from watching your stuff. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, so last question, and then we'll get into like the rapid fire. We'll do a quick little rapid fire round here of, of super random questions. It's going to be super fun. I'm okay, cool. I'm um, this one, this we're getting a little, we're going to get Oprah, Oprah deep on here. So, um, you are an influencer and one, uh, I, I know you've got a few kids and I think you know where this question is going is, um, so many people right now are almost scared to let their kids near, near laptops and computers. There's that big debate of how much screen time do you give your kids? Is it, uh, how, how do you regulate them in a world that's going increasingly technological? Should they be outside climbing trees? Should they be inside on their iPad learning French? Mm. Um, what's kind of, how do you, how do you balance that right now between being an influencer, being on social media and being, being powerful on that and teaching your kids the right way to do this? My, my family is very traditional in the sense of, uh, I'm married and my wife, is uh, I, I, I've learned to word this correct the correct way. Uh, my wife works. She just doesn't get compensated for it. She takes care of the home. She does our finances. She does the, the business finances. She does our taxes, raises the kids. She does all of that. So Hardest we, job in America, bar yeah, none. Is she, <laughs> no days off. She always is working. There's yeah. always something she's doing. She works way harder than I do, and I feel like I work pretty hard. She works 10 times harder than I do. So I give a lot of my credit to my wife because we do have that traditional sense of that she is there with the kids, and she's not the mom that... She's just putting a tablet in front of the kids and it's like, okay, you know, watch, uh, watch SpongeBob, watch this, you know, get out of my face for an hour so I can drink wine and, <laughs> and, and do whatever, you know, yeah. she's constantly doing stuff with them. Uh, my kids like to dress up like, as far as, you know, dress up like superheroes or cops or firemen and actually use their imagination and go outside and play, you know, very 80s. You know, which is cool. We yeah, encourage that. I like fun. that. Uh, they're still like kids. They like to go outside and play and, and play with Nerf guns and, and have fun and swim and ride bikes and do all that stuff. But they are, they they do use, uh, you know, they, they do like to play video games. We limit how much video games they're playing. Uh, my oldest son does have a tablet. He's limited to 30 minutes a day on this tablet. Uh, and it'll just be like random little games or whatever on there. But we, we do want them... Because, I mean, this is the world we're in now. We do want them to know how to use technology, but we don't want technology to run their life. So they're very aware that technology has been good to me. You know, it's it's provided for us. You know, it's helped put... Uh, it's helped put money in my bank account and it's put food in their mouths and a roof over their head. Sure. So, uh, 
you know, I'm not going to condemn technology or social media or anything like that because it's been great to us. But uh, it's also, I feel like there's a growing disconnect where people put a lot of their uh, responsibility of being a parent uh, and just putting the tablet or whatever in front of their kid's face and just be like, man, just let me have some time to myself, sure. which I understand. I, I get it. I'm not judging. I, I understand. But it's one of those things that once you become a parent, in my opinion, it's no longer about what you want. That shit's dead. It's dead and gone. What I want, what my wife wants, that doesn't matter anymore. It's what's best for our kids. Our kids are what's most important to me. Uh, is most important to my wife. So everything we do, whether or not it's beneficial to to, to Jason or Mary, uh, it's going to be beneficial for Chase, Christian, and Leo. You know, and that I feel like is. I feel like my kids are pretty cool. Like yeah. they're, they're, they're they're good kids. Uh, my oldest son comes to work whenever he's not. Uh, they were at the barbershop this past Sunday, right? Yeah, they were. Yeah. They, were there, they were there helping. Uh, my oldest son. On summer break, he'd come in a couple days a week, and I I pay him a couple bucks an hour, and he'll make towels and sweep, uh, answer the phones, greet people. You know, he he likes earning money. You know, he he's already seen too how much time you have to put in to actually have something. Uh, he's saved. He so he's been doing this for a couple of years, and so he saved all of his money. He has almost two grand already. Whoa! That he saved up. He just <laughs> turned ten. Awesome. So he has two grand in the bank. That's he's so a ten cool. year old. So he's saving to buy a car. Wow! So he already has goals. Which, if he keeps working like this, I mean, he'll probably, by the time he's able to drive, he'll have like a legit chunk of money, which I'm not going to let him spend all that on a car. <laughs> but it'll still be, it'll be cool that like you can actually buy a car, you know, like you, you'll actually have this chunk of money that you've earned, that you've saved. Because we've given him opportunities to spend it. It'll be like, okay, uh, you want to buy this Nerf gun that you want, you know, it's a hundred bucks. If you want... You know, you have you have this money in the bank. We'll let you spend the money. Sure. And then he'll think about how much he had to work for that hundred <laughs> bucks, and he'll be like, "No, nah, I don't want it that bad." Yeah. So it's cool. It's showing him, you know, the value, the value of hard work, and how hard you have to work to earn a dollar. Uh, so, and and mind you, we didn't just buy him that gun either. Like after it, like we give him the option: if you want to buy it, you can buy it. And it wasn't like, okay, well, I'll just let mom and dad buy it. No, yeah. we just didn't buy it. So. <laughs> So it wasn't like he was trying to play us and just be like, oh, I'll save my money and spend their money. Exactly. So I feel like that's my, my, my kids have a good grasp on just reality already. Uh, yeah, good. They're, I don't know. Every parent thinks their kids are great. So, I mean, I could talk about them all day, but I'm in love with my kids. I'm in love with my family. Uh, and I feel like a lot of my children's success of being good kids and being good in school and being gentlemen is due to the fact that me and my wife are very active in their lives and actually sure. like wanting them to be kids and not forcing them to grow up and be, you know, miniature adults. We want them to be kids. Like put on your Batman costume and go outside and play, bro. Like it's be a kid <laughs> still. Be innocent for a little while longer. I feel like a lot of people want their kids to grow up and be friends with them. I still want them to be kids. You know, be, yeah. be a kid and enjoy your childhood while you can cuz Life doesn't get any easier, you know. Sure. So enjoy, enjoy this, <laughs> enjoy this time. Yeah, I think there's some lessons in there. Probably manager interns. I've uh, I've denied Slater from going outside to play in his Batman costume <laughs> at least twice now. Man, I feel bad. 
I, I keep asking to, but uh, Matt Matt's always the one that says no. He never. He never. Man, if I have to pull you off the roof one more time, <laughs> are you just not a Batman fan, or you just don't? You just. Don't I just. I just. We just don't have the insurance paperwork set up. Oh, for when, enough, if he enough. if he decides to be uh, go from Batman to Superman in one swoop and jumps off the building, <laughs> yeah, that'd be bad. I told you once. Told you a hundred times. Yeah, that'd be bad. So we're gonna we're gonna round out the episode with uh, some rapid fire questions. Awesome. Um, just first thing that comes to your mind. I'm gonna do ten. Uh, let's say ten of them. I've never done this before, so let's see what happens with ten. Um, and like I said, just, just first thing comes to your mind. What's uh, what's the favorite thing that's happened to you this year? Um, shaving my head. Who? Uh, what's your spirit animal? A bear. <laughs> what's your favorite? Bears aren't bald, uh, except for Fuzzy Wuzzy. Yes. Just well, as my, my, my youngest son, uh, his nickname is Bear. Oh, okay. So that's, gotcha. just, that's the first thing that came to my head. I, I can dig it. Uh, yeah. What was your favorite toy growing up? Uh, probably my... My WWF uh, ring and action figures. <laughs> What's your uh, favorite memento in the shop right now? Oh, man. Uh, probably. Oh, man, that's tough. Clock's ticking, Jay. It is. It is. <laughs> All right, let, let, let's just say my copy of Troll 2 on Blu-ray. Okay, I can dig it. Was not expecting that. Yep. Um, let me see. <laughs> What's your going-to-bed routine? Uh, I usually am so exhausted. Once I get home after I eat dinner, I usually fall asleep sitting either at the dinner table or sitting on the couch and then wake up, my legs completely dead, asleep, and I crawl into my bed and pass out. I feel like you should see a doctor. I probably uh, should. If there are doctors watching, feel free. We will connect you with Jay. <laughs> uh, would you win an episode of Cash Cab? Yes. If you could, uh, if you could move your family anywhere in the world, uh, would you? And where would you go to? I'd stay right here. Stay right here. I agree. Uh, what musical artist is the most overrated? They're probably not going to watch this, so feel free to drop whoever. <laughs> Musical artist that's most overrated. Uh, I am so outdated. Like everyone I think of is like from the two thousands. Uh, <laughs> so let's say Nickelback. Nickelback. Nickelback overrated. As if they were as, rated to begin with. But I would say they didn't have a rating. Yeah. As a one out of ten, you have not earned that. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Chinese food? Uh, sweet and sour chicken. I can dig it. Uh, and if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pizza. Pizza, my man. Finally, last question. We'll round out here. It's probably more intense. I don't care. Uh, what's your dream car? Are you a car guy? No, but okay. my dream car, which I will own once I have enough storage for it, is a DeLorean. Nice. That's that makes sense. Marty McFly, Back to the Future. I think Back to the Future was on the other day, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it's always on. Yeah, I feel like I was watching that. I was standing there watching. That. I'm like, I haven't seen this movie since the last time I got my hair cut, which yep. was about a month ago. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's run that, Jay. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for making my first episode of Digital Fix uh, very fun. I'm looking forward to the rest of these. But thank you for coming on, taking the time to do this. In the middle is the middle of the workday right now, so I definitely appreciate you pushing clients and making this a priority. Um, and if you guys want to follow us at Local Two and Nine, uh, we are at Local Two and Nine at L O C A L Two and Nine on all the platforms except Twitter, which is at Local underscore Two and Nine. And then me personally, I'm at M A T B A R B U R. Instagram or Matthew Barber on Facebook. Jay, where can everyone find you? Uh, on Instagram, it's at Jay McFly Andis, which is A N D I S E D U, like educator. Jay McFly Andis E D U. That's my Instagram. Uh, Facebook is Jason Pochen, P O T C H E N. 
And then I have an education page on Facebook as well. That's just Jay McFly that you would, you know, you would like it. I have a Twitter. I don't know what the hell it is. And I've never <laughs> actually been on it. Twitter's so, so underrated. I love Twitter. So I, 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 need, I need to learn how to better utilize it. But, but yeah. So yeah, uh, Instagram, Facebook, that's primarily where you could find me. Anyway. So thank you guys for listening today. Thank you for tuning in or watching on Facebook Live. If you watch us on live next week, we are going to have Whitney Fit with Wit, uh, who is another awesome local entrepreneur. Absolutely, uh, cannot wait for that. And I believe her husband Jonathan might be joining us as well of Cafe uh, nice. Racer fame. Nice, so nice. tune in for that. It will be next week, same time, same place. And have a good week. Bye. <laughs>